All right. Welcome to episode two of the Out of the Overwhelm podcast. I'm so excited you are joining me today. Today's episode is going to be shorter than episode one, that's for sure. And when I first sat down to do the outline for this episode, all about how you can feel less tired in the morning and happier, I came up with a long list of tips. Like, I am officially a morning expert, and I will go into that in a minute, how I became a morning expert. Suffice to say that I have a lot of tips, and so we're going to do this in possibly a three-parter. I'm going to be releasing these on Mondays so that you can, you know, start not only your morning off right, but let's get your week started right and let's have a little inspro that we can feel better in the morning and how that will affect the rest of your day. Because I know we have all had it (laughs) up to here with the COVID, especially where I live in Winnipeg, where there are constant shutdowns, we're all isolated, we're all stressed, we're stuck at home with our kids and our spouses all day long in quarantine. It's just been horrendous. And so I feel ya. Now, so for this episode, I'm going to share just three tips. They're really simple. It's something that you can implement tomorrow morning for sure. So we're going to be talking about your circadian rhythm. We're going to be talking about how hydration affects the body. And we're going to be talking about, you know, how to mentally get into a space that will help you start your day off right all day. And these are all super simple. Okay, so let's get started. Hey loves, I'm a personal development junkie and I have been for the last 20 years. No, seriously, I am a self-care advocate and life coach and I am passionate about helping other women out of the overwhelm and into the happiest, most authentic versions of themselves. I hold multiple certifications in a variety of fields that combined allow me to customize healing and energizing self-care rituals for my clients. I've been through and come through a lot, chronic pain and fatigue, depression and anxiety, and just about postpartum everything. I'm an empath with compassion and intuition for others' needs. Now, I help other women get unstuck with practical self-care tips on makeup and skincare to custom self-care rituals you can use to nourish your body, mind, and soul. So what are you waiting for? It's time to take your power back. Let's get started. Before I really get started, I am going to do the typical caveat that you hear when somebody is talking anything else. I think I should just probably record, not record this caveat, I'm recording it now. I will just share this caveat at the start of every episode. You need to check with your personal care provider, physician, nutritionist, specialist, whoever you see to know and see whether what I'm recommending is right for you. I am not a healthcare professional. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's dive in. Now, some of you may be wondering 
how I became an expert in self-care and self-care coaching. Many of you who are following me um, because you know me from social media have watched my career turn from makeup artist to skin specialist to energy healer. And now we're talking about self-care coaching. And the catalyst for becoming an expert in all things self-care was my fibromyalgia diagnosis when I was 28 years old. So fibromyalgia, if you don't know, is a condition of the nervous system. And it basically means that your nervous system is heightened and that includes pain, but everything else that is related to your senses. So think smell, hearing, um, even it's very common for people to have a lot of issues in their stomach as well, like IBS when they have fibromyalgia. And so it can take a long time to get that diagnosis. It took me two years. It takes a while for doctors and specialists, especially if they're not all communicating to each other, to figure it out. The final diagnosis is basically all the blood tests have ruled out things like MS, things like lupus. And then what happens is you go and see a specialist, usually a rheumatologist, but I actually saw a pain specialist. And there's 17 pain points on the body. And if you have 11 of these 17 as tender points, then that's how you, yay, you get the final diagnosis. But um, as hard as that was, it was nice to finally have a name to all of these strange things that started happening and affecting my sleep and my mood and basically your senses, you need to get through life. And so it affected everything. And yeah, so that was the catalyst. And okay, now when you have fibro, like I said, there are a lot of symptoms and effects. One of them being the chronic fatigue, so very low energy. And also you get a really crappy sleep, especially if you are not on any medications. One of the reasons that they found for people having fibromyalgia is they don't get into a restorative sleep. You may recognize the term REM, so you're not getting into that REM sleep. So you basically wake up in the morning feeling exhausted, like you haven't slept at all, and your body has not adequately repair the damage from the previous day. Before I started experiencing symptoms of fibro, I was a morning person. I was the kind of person that was up at 5.30 a.m. I was all chipper. You know, um, if you're not a morning person, you probably find that annoying. <laughs> so I have the unique perspective of being on both sides of the coin. So I can empathize with people who are not morning people. And also I know what it's like to be a morning person and really take full advantage of that and just be the kind of person who looks forward to waking up in the day. And I really believe that being on the other side of it and hating the morning, that you can get to a place where it's at, <laughs> at least not so miserable. 
So I had to conserve my energy, so not spend energy where it wasn't needed. And I had to purposely create more energy for myself so that I could become a morning person again. So you've probably heard the term circadian rhythm before, but what it really means is how your brain regulates your sleep and your wake cycles. So this primarily is done through light for the most part that tells your body if it's light out, release the awake hormones. If it's dark out, release the sleeping hormones. Now, if you are not respecting this cycle, then your body is not producing awake and sleep hormones at the right time. So if you've ever experienced jet lag, this is basically when you have switched your sleep and awake time to a degree which your body has to catch up or reset when it releases those awake and sleep hormones. So that takes a few days. So now you can see why if you change your sleep and wake time on the weekends, Monday is not going to feel so great. And that is because your body um, is releasing your sleep and wake hormones um, at a time that's not quite aligning with when you are going to sleep and when you are waking up. If you are going to stay up late on the weekends, I would suggest that you still wake up at the same time and have a nap later in the day if you feel like you need more sleep. That way, your body doesn't have to adjust so much when it comes to waking up on Monday. If you are looking at a screen before you go to bed at night, it is telling your body to wake up. So your body is producing all, all the hormones that keep you awake instead of producing melatonin. And you've probably heard of that before, that the thing that makes you sleepy. So that's another thing. Taking a melatonin supplement may be helpful if you're a real big night owl and you have trouble falling asleep. That's a little, <laughs> I told you, I have a lot of tips, but yeah. So if you want to have a good morning, the place to start is all about going to sleep at night. <clears throat> so blue light is in your screens. It's in your TV screen. It's on your laptop. It's on your iPad. It's on your phone. And you need, and oh, the other thing that I figured out, it's even in our light bulbs, especially, so especially the old fashioned light bulbs. So if you still have old, the old fashioned light bulbs that aren't LED, a lot of these do have the blue light and you can buy special light bulbs that have zero blue light. They are more expensive, but these are the kind of light bulbs that I put in my kids' room at night and in my bedroom. So in the bedrooms, I make sure that the lighting all has none of that blue light. As far as your phone goes, a lot of phones now actually come with like an eye, it'll be a setting for eye comfort or what else might it be called? I don't know. I have an Android phone, so it's called eye comfort and it's in the settings and you can actually set it to go on starting a few hours before you go to bed. So you want to get rid of all blue light before you go to bed. So you would want to, if you're going to bed at 10 o'clock at night, you would want to set it to go on at seven. 
As far as like TVs and other screens, I don't know, some smart TVs may have settings. I know that for laptops and iPads and stuff, sometimes you can get apps that uh, change the lighting, just like on your phone if your phone doesn't have a setting. The other thing you can do is purchase blue light blocking glasses. So if you have prescription glasses, you can ask for the film, for the blue light blocking film to be put on your glasses, which also helps with eye strain if you do a lot of computer work. But you can wear these glasses while you're watching TV or switching between your screens. So then you don't have to worry about the technology side of everything. You just, I'm looking at a screen. I'm in the habit of wearing my blue light glasses. And there's lots of places you can find this. I got a pair off Amazon for 20 bucks. And they are very much in style now too. So bonus. Now, the other side of it about getting rid of that blue light when you go to sleep is when you wake up, you want the blue light because that is telling your circadian rhythm to start producing or your brain, your circadian rhythm. Ay, ay, ay. Okay. I'm not a scientist. (laughs) Again, caveat. (laughs) I'm not a scientist. This is 10 years of research that I'm putting together for you. Moving on. In the morning, you want that blue light because it is telling your brain to produce the chemicals that have you awake, like cortisol and serotonin and all of those things. So when you wake up, open the blinds, but um, in the winter in Winnipeg, Canada, where I live, it's still dark most of the time. And this is why people with shift work or who get up early morning Um, really struggle. So to combat that, you can get what's called, you might have heard of a SAD light or seasonal effectiveness disorder. That's what SAD stands for. These are special lights that actually contain the wavelengths that tell your brain to wake up and simulate sunlight, basically. So it'll help you feel more alert. The there are so many that you can buy. The really big ones you don't have to sit close to, but you really have to do your research and pay attention to how strong these lights are. And then another caveat with your eye doctor, if you have any eye issues, you want to make sure that this type of light is okay for whatever eye conditions that you have. Another really cool thing is there are alarm clocks now that slowly wake you up, not just with like soothing music that slowly gets louder and louder, but they also start waking you up with a sad light on the alarm clock. I kid you not. This is brilliant for those people that want to wake up slowly. And that leads me to my next tip about your circadian rhythm is that if you hit snooze button and you fall back asleep, you are doing yourself in. For sure, because you're not waking up slowly, you're kind of like restarting your awake engine over and over and over. So your body really doesn't know what to do. The best thing to do is decide what time you're going to wake up. If you're somebody who likes the snooze button, I recommend that you use like an app on your phone or get one of these alarm clocks that have this brilliant light that gently wake you up slowly, slowly, and everything gets louder and louder and louder. So that is all the things that I, well, I think it's all the things I know about circadian rhythm. 
but we need to move on if I want to keep these shorter. So moving on. The next thing you want to do in the morning if you want to feel more energized, especially, is hydrate. So assuming you get the recommended seven to eight hours of sleep each night for adults. I know probably some of you are laughing like, yeah, right. Anyways, so if you think about it, you're, if you were in the daytime and you didn't go with eight hours of water, you would be very, very thirsty. So the first thing you should do, and I even tell my clients before you get out of bed, is drink a lot of water. And the magic number is three cups of water. But if you're not used to this, that could be a a big ask. So start off with two cups of water. That's what I was doing for the most part when I started this. And I instantly felt a difference. And by the way, the la 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 is not going to be edited out because I don't need to be overwhelmed creating the out of the overwhelm podcast. So two to three cups of water. And the reason why you want to do this before you get out of bed is because it's really important to hydrate properly to have a completely empty stomach when you do this. And ideally, you want your stomach to be empty for the first half an hour. The reason, the first half an hour after you drink your water, the reason is If you drink water with food in your stomach within that first half an hour, it's not really absorbed as well because your body will switch from absorbing and taking the water to where it needs to go to digestion. So all the energy switches into digestion. So absorption of the water is not going to be as good. So the first reason why drinking two to three cups of water in the morning is so important is that your brain is 70% water. So your brain has had no fresh water come in. It's been working all night. Your whole body has to recover and repair. I mean, you're sleeping, but your body is still working. So you want to get that water to your brain so it can operate optimally and release those feel-good awake hormones into your body So you can feel more alert and less dragging and tired. It will also really improve your mood, surprisingly, because if your brain can't produce effectively the hormones that it needs, like serotonin, and I think by now with all the mental health awareness, we recognize serotonin as a good feel-good chemical. If you're brain is like a desert, you can bet that your mood is going to be lower. Not only because you have lower energy, but you're actually not producing as much serotonin as you would if your brain was optimally hydrated. So you want to drink two to three cups of water right when you get out of bed. So that means that you want to put that water there the night before. Set a timer or something in your calendar to put a water bottle next to your bed. If you are a person who suffers from lots of aches and pains, arthritis, joint pain, repetitive strains, uh, and a lot of headaches, even migraines, this is a very, very important one for you because 
I'm hoping you will come back to me and testify because I'm not somebody who gets a lot of headaches anymore. Um, but let me know if you're that person and if this makes uh, a big impact, like I am hoping or <laughs> I pretty much know you're going to feel so much better. So just come back and thank me for it later. <laughs> You are really starting the day taking away your power. So you want to empower yourself for the day. If you need some help staying conscious of your self-talk, put a little note on your mirror with some maybe nice things to say to yourself, like an affirmation to start with or um, a list of things that you really like about yourself. And it doesn't have to be physical. It can be you know, you are a kind and loving mother, daughter, friend, something like that. So you should be building yourself up in the morning, not tearing yourself down. I think we get enough of, of, of a beating just going out in the world in general. So yeah, you don't need it from yourself too. Now, tip number three, you want to start your day off with thoughts that feel good. If you want to feel good emotionally, the thoughts that you have need to be good. Thoughts create emotions. Now, I was so shocked when I did this exercise. I was recently part of, for the last seven months, a group called Aligned Manifestation. And it is done by Chelsea Arns. Shout out to Chelsea. And she is the creator of the Aligned Planner and Journal. So this is another part of my routine. We'll get into it in another episode. Suffice to say that I thought that I was doing a good job controlling my thoughts in the morning, but I missed a key thing. And that was my very first thought. So she had us do this exercise where we were to pay attention to our last thought before we fell asleep at night and our first thought in the morning. And my first thought in the morning was always, I wonder if I'm going to feel good enough to get done the things I want to get done. So it was basically a worrying thought. Now, if you start on that note of worry, it makes sense that your brain's going to take that thought, your body's going to take that emotion and kind of run with it. I'll get into another episode kind of how our thought life works, but for the most part, your brain loves to repeat things. It loves to run on repeat. So when you wake up in the morning, it really likes to pick up where it left off because that's what it knows and that's what takes the least amount of energy. That's why starting a new habit in the morning is so difficult because it takes energy to train your brain. So I wouldn't suggest that tomorrow morning you implement all three of these at once because that's going to take three times as much energy. You want to implement one thing at a time, okay? So if you're going to choose your thoughts, really you have to train your brain starting with the first thought. I'm really curious to hear if anybody is as surprised as I was what their first thought of the day is. So... Pay attention to that, and if it's not a positive one, replace it with something that that is. I always like a question, like, I wonder what amazing things are going to happen today. Or if you're 
you know, it's easier to pick something that's really repetitive because you're, you like to be on repeat. But yeah, I wonder how great today is going to be. Something like that. Just seed something positive and run with it. Or your brain will. <laughs> now, so the other things that you want to pay attention to in the morning is, I know we hear this all the time, but scrolling on social media. You are not in control of your thoughts if you are scrolling. If you are scrolling, you are subject to what everybody else is thinking. So I would suggest that you kind of have like a no phone rule until after you get to a certain point of your morning routine. So no scrolling on social media. And I would say no news because as of right now, today, January 2022, it's all about COVID and it's all not good. So stay off the news first thing in the morning. I'm not saying no news ever. I'm just saying if you want to start your day happier and with the right momentum for the rest of the day, (laughs) choose to stay in a positive area. So that would be what you can do is listening to music that you really like that's upbeat, uh, put in some earphones and listen to a podcast like this one as you walk around in the morning. I tend to lean on the podcast a lot of times if I wake up and I'm not feeling that great for the day. So I kind of have my go-to podcasts where I know that they'll be uplifting and inspiring. The other thing that really helps is to go on a gratitude rampage. So my brain has been trained by Chelsea's planner to just go through my list of gratitude in the morning. Because I do it in my planner, I just naturally walk around the house and I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful that I have clean water and, you know, I'm so grateful that they had my blackberries in stock for my breakfast this morning because that's my favorite thing to put in my oatmeal. And just really simple things. So I would suggest you give it a try. And the other thing that you want to pay attention to as far as training your brain in the morning is I know there's a lot of negative self-talk when we are looking in the mirror in the morning, whether it's washing our face or if you are still putting on makeup. And especially with this whole work from home and people being on Zoom, a lot of people spending a lot more time examining their face right down to every pore in the mirror. If you are getting nose to nose in the mirror and it's not to put your contacts in, you need to pull back because nobody is looking at your face that close. And check what your self-talk is and why are you examining your face so close. So that's my alert is if I'm nose to nose with the mirror, um, that's the first thing that alerts me. Like I am examining myself too close. Uh, The second thing is your self-talk. So if you go through the list of all the things you don't hate or you're, oh, my eyes are so puffy again and things like that, Okay, so those were my three tips. It was, just to recap, pretty much all about your brain and waking up your brain in the morning. So the first one was all about respecting your circadian rhythm and uh, going to sleep basically and waking up at a similar time. The second one was all about hydration, how important it was, and putting remember to put that water next to your bed tonight. So you can drink it first thing before you even touch the floor. The third one was all about training your brain to think positively 
if you are starting off your day berating yourself, negative self-talk, looking at all the negative news, comparing yourself to people on social media, you can bet that you've picked up a momentum that will only continue to get worse for the rest of the day. So give yourself a break and say something nice. Also, I realized that this episode is not that much shorter than the first one. I really tried. I really, really did. But you know what? I have been talking to you guys in my head probably since the pandemic started. And every day I see how overwhelmed my clients are feeling and it's increasing. And I just have, as you can tell, a lot of excitement, a lot of passion to help Uh, everyone out of the overwhelm. And I happen to have collected this information over a decade. And yeah, so if you have to listen in two, uh, over two days, uh, you know, one drive to work, one drive home, (laughs) whatever it takes. I really do think that there's going to be something in here for everyone. Please share with your friends what you've learned, the podcast, And I just really appreciate you taking your time out to listen to this. If you've gotten this far, thank you very much. And I hope that you all have a great week. Talk soon. If you enjoyed today's episode, please remember to follow and hit that notification bell to hear the next episode. If you would like to continue the conversation, please follow me on Instagram at Melissa Lee Kissel or Facebook currently under That Makeup Girl. I'll be sure to post the episodes and give you a chance to comment and ask any questions. And I would really love to hear how the tips in this episode helped you out of the overwhelm. I am offering everyone a free consultation if you would like to know how I can help you with one-on-one coaching please go to my website at www.melissaleekissel.com to set up a time to find out how I can help you out of the overwhelm until next time take care loves